Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. Together again. <laughs> uh, what's that song like? <laughs> you know that song that's like... Um, Oh, no, I can't remember it. It's like, uh... Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, you know that song. I've heard it. <laughs> I listen to it in my car. Oh, yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. this is our first time recording in person since, like, literally last year. L- literally. Literally. It's probably been about a year, because we recorded yeah. in June on your parents' beautiful deck. Yeah, so it's been about a year. Yeah. 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 What a year it has been. It has been a year. Yeah. I'm sure everyone is feeling it. Um, nothing annoys me more than people talking about, like, ugh, 2020, but it has been difficult for everyone. So if you're listening, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, same here. It's nice to actually see you in person. I know, yeah. See your face. Yeah, I, wasn't, I was afraid I wouldn't recognize you, but we hung out the other day, so <laughs> it so refreshed you my memory. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, I was actually planning on wearing, like, a whole Mission Impossible-style face mask, <laughs> so when you walked in, you were like, um, is Lauren here? And I was like, but I had like a, like a voice thing. So like my sure. voice was all, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then your mask machine malfunctioned. Uh-huh. It did. Yeah. And it only made the mask about halfway. And honestly, it was horrifying because you don't know these things and they don't show them in the movie, but they build the muscle before they build the face. It's disgusting. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. I know. That's interesting. I know. It's a whole process. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's so fascinating the world of espionage <laughs> no it's like, quite fascinating and i think your, your question should really be now where did you get that <laughs> lauren i've known you so long i don't question the sources that you get things from <laughs> but where if you if you want me to ask i'll i'll bite lauren where did you get that well i could tell you but i'd have to kill you <laughs> that's my fault where's the cat uh, he's under my bed. He didn't even, the little jerk. I know. He didn't Isn't even come out. I know. And I even had treats for him earlier, and I was like, and I do this thing where I open the treats, and I go, gee, it sure would be nice to have a kitty to share all these <laughs> treats with. And then and I can hear him usually under the bed, and he's like, meow. <laughs> I can be that cat. He's like, that's me, I think. <laughs> I think that's me. Um, yeah, no, he's under the bed. He's chilling. Okay, so we have... Too many topics for today, right? Well, we have a third. I think we should mention that... Oh, we have a third? Yes. It's very... We have three it's very topics? somber. Yeah. Don't you remember? No. <laughs> You're scaring me. <laughs> no, it's not bad. We've been doing this for two years. Oh, my gosh. That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. It's okay. not bad. It's exciting. She was so somber and scary. I was like, oh, yeah. did I do something wrong? <laughs> I was... Truth be told, I was trying to think of something clever, but just nothing came, so. Oh, yes. no, it's the two year, two years. Yeah, and, well, actually, it was in May that we've been doing it for two years. Yeah, so, yay to us! Woohoo! Two yeah. years! And we've come a long way. We've it's come a, fun a long two years. way. It yeah. has been fun. It has really been fun. I've seen a lot of things that I never thought I'd see. Yes, same here. Yeah. Some things I wish I hadn't seen. Yes, so. same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can think of a couple. Um, <laughs> Holy Motors. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the one I was thinking, funnily enough. <laughs> but, 
Is that even a word? So grateful. So grateful for our listeners. We love you guys. (laughs) Keep sending us stuff. We're just little shits at the same time. (laughs) Okay, so speaking of movies that I wish I'd never seen... I have that mini topic that we're doing that's like the fuck, Mary kill thing oh, yes. a couple weeks ago and we kind of missed. It's my turn. Yes. So this week it is my turn to ask. And the first one, are you ready for this? Sure. I'm ready. Is fuck, take a bullet for murder. And Noah from Kissing Booth. <laughs> <laughs> Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings. Or Michael Shannon's character from The Shape of Water. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was trying to choose ones that were like I hate awful. <laughs> oh, I'd murder Noah. I didn't even have to think about that one. <laughs> what is it? Fuck, take a bullet for murder. I guess I would take a bullet for Michael Shannon's character from The Shape of Water, and I would have sexual relations with Worm <laughs> uh, Tongue. <laughs> The thing is, he does kind of have a goth look, so I could just tell myself he's a rock star or something. Yeah, just get him to take a shower first, because he looks real greasy. Yeah, he's... he's look, it wouldn't be my first choice. <laughs> well, it is my first choice among those three, but that's not, like... <laughs> I he's think... not a bad-looking guy. Like, he was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And he oh, was, was he? He was, he was young in that one, but he was fine-looking as a non... Uh, Resident of Middle Earth, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, he also played the voice of Chucky. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh, there he is. I hear, the I hear meow. He is uh, calm out and he is ready to just probably sleep more. Right? Mm hmm. Anyway, I think I would fuck Noah. I would. Oh, you like. You like. Take that a bullet for Wormtongue, I guess. <laughs> Michael Shannon. Take a bullet for Wormtongue and murder Michael Shannon? Yeah. yeah. Either way, Michael Shannon is not getting any. No, action. he's not. He's not someone I. No. no. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, the next one is adopt, be adopted by, or marry. And I kind of stayed in the same. Like, because I had done this before to her, like, not on the podcast and I had a bunch of them. So I kind of stayed in the same realm of, like, the movie monsters. So Frankenstein, the doctor, Frankenstein's monster, and the bride of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. And it's adopt, be adopted by, and... Mary. Mary. I would probably marry Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. It's just misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I would adopt the doctor... Okay. Frankenstein. And I would be adopted by Frankenstein's The Bride of Frankenstein. All right. All right. She seems like the easiest mother choice. <laughs> I think I would be, I would marry Frankenstein the doctor. I would adopt Frankenstein's monster and be adopted by Bride of Frankenstein. Nice. All right. Ready for the next one? I'm ready. This is going to fuck you up. <laughs> Kill, betray, or have a zombie apocalypse team. The Joker. Which the, version of the Joker? Um, let's say Heath Ledger's version. Okay. Uh, the captain from Pan's Labyrinth. Or Hannibal Lecter. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, I'd want, I'd want the Joker on my... Wait, what are the options? The Joker. No, the, I mean the kill... Oh, kill, betray, and have a zombie apocalypse team. I would want the Joker on my zombie apocalypse team. For sure. Um, I would betray... 
I already forgot the other two. The, the captain, captain and Hannibal Lecter. I would betray the captain and I would kill Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I think I'd do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one, though, because it's like... Because I wouldn't want Hannibal Lecter on my zombie apocalypse team. First of all, I think he he's would He's a zombie. Love it. Yeah, he would love it. Yeah. And he's so intelligent that I'd be afraid to be around him because I think he'd be very, like... He'd be, like, borderline cult leader status. You know what I mean? Well, I would be more afraid of him than the zombies. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly because it. Because you're, like... The zombies, you can keep away from you, but if you're asking him to be on your team... Yeah. Well, and you can outsmart zombies. Yeah, you cannot that's true. outsmart Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Okay, are you ready for the the last one? Yeesh. Seduce, steal from, and serenade. And Morton Joe, <laughs> John Hammond from Jurassic Park, or Mr. Maxim De Winter from Rebecca, but the 2020 version. I would steal from Morton Joe. Mm-hmm. I would. What are the other two options? Seduce and Serenade. And Mr. DeWinter, played by Army Hammond. John Hammond. John Hammond. I would serenade John Hammond, and I would seduce Mr. DeWinter. I would, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. So then we have our second, or our third, I guess, mini topic. Mini topic. And we both decided that we were going to watch the movie My Octopus Teacher, which was an Oscar-winning documentary. And I don't know about you, but I would highly, highly recommend that movie. It's beautiful and emotional and wonderful. So what do you think of it? Yeah, I really, really loved it. I also would highly recommend it. It's so fascinating, and it's right? beautiful The images are beautiful and the story is very lovely like I think it's like a house pet you watch it learn and adapt and hunt and this the brains like the intellect that it had was so fascinating right. so it was just like an awesome awesome movie yeah they're highly intelligent and um I just think that they are so cool and I wanted like a tattoo of an octopus like on my thigh for like ever but I can imagine that would be Probably a couple thousand dollars because they're pretty expensive and especially like a big old colorful one. I think that they're kind of like frightening looking. Mm-hmm. So um, watching this movie sort of opened my eyes to how awesome they are and I really liked that. And I, like it's so interesting that the octopus gets attacked by a shark and it grows a new tentacle. I know and it grew it so fast too. Like I didn't even, I actually looked it up while I was watching the movie because I was curious if they can grow back their um, their what are, arms or whatever tentacles yeah but I I mean it grew it back like what started growing it back within like a week or something mm-hmm. I was like that is insane they're just I think that they are so cool and it makes me sad that they don't live for very long you know two years about but, yeah I really liked because I, I started getting nervous throughout the movie that it was going to die from the shark Especially the second shark attack. Yeah. Um, and then I was glad, this is a spoiler, but I was glad that it lived a natural life. You know, yeah, it, it went through its natural life cycle, and I thought that was really interesting and just so cool. The problem solving that yeah. it showed, like when it was, like the way it evaded predators and then eventually resorting to just like putting shells on itself. Amazing. Yeah. It's outstanding. Yeah, I know. And it's 
it's just like, I think they're just the coolest animal. So one of the parts that got me, like, I cried during this movie, like, hard. Like, I was sobbing, straight up sobbing. And, um, and I think that part of it is probably because to him, this creature is like, not like a pet, but someone, something that he really loves. And he, you know, I mean, every day this guy is going out there into this gorgeous, like, all these huge, tall plants that are underwater. It's like an underwater forest. I mean, it's such, it's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. And, and then, you know, not like he feels like he can't intervene because it's like not the what the natural course of life is which I understand um but like him going every day and, and him seeing this 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 creature and and wanting to like help it and and loving it and stuff like that it was just very emotional and but at the end so what you kind of see the you kind of see it die you end up seeing it die um but at the end he's swimming and he sees a little tiny octopus baby and I was like oh my god and I was like I there's a chance it's not like her children but I'd like to think that it is you know what I mean and like the fact that it came right up to it I was like or right up to him I was like this is fate this has got to be you know this is like this is a little octopus going um I'm carrying on her legend and carrying on her whatever her story and it's just like ugh, it was just so good it's so it ugh, like it deserved the oscar that it won because it's a beautiful film it is it is very very beautiful and um i think that when i was watching it i was thinking i can i think it would be easy for people to just like make fun of him but it's the it is the same as a house pet. Like mm -hmm. I I see no difference. He bonded with this creature, and every time we let an animal live in our house, we're bonding with a creature. And so I didn't think it was weird at all. I thought it was pretty amazing that here we are in this. And I mean, I think like the oceans are. He makes a reference to it, but they're very understudied. Like there's not a oh, lot. Yeah. There's still a lot that we don't know. So he went 95%. into this. Ninety-five percent. Yeah. So he went into this ocean. And he found something that, for millennia, has been happening, and here we get to finally see it and learn about it, and, and it's so cool, and it's so beautiful, and I'm always sort of envious about people who get to live so close to water. Like, the ocean's kind of scary, because there's, like, dangerous things oh, in yeah. it, but <laughs> like I love, I love swimming, and friend. I love stuff <laughs> like that, and so I just thought it was so awesome. And it sounds like a really interesting area. Like he said, when he was growing up, they had a little bungalow on the beach, and when storms would come in, like the bottom part of their house would flood. And yeah, that sounds the so stressful. The raw power, yeah, the raw power of of the ocean and everything. And it was it's very very cool. And just the innovativeness of the octopus and the like, they're designed to like be predators, but also their prey and. It's fascinating because we watch her kill and eat, but then I don't want her to be killed and eaten. So no, that's it's I know. like the sign of like a well done movie, I think, as well, is that here's this mysterious creature that I am rooting for and I can totally and it's I don't know, it's very, very beautiful. I agree. And I if you have any interest in nature or documentaries, I would recommend it one hundred percent. Yeah, and there's like a whole um 
underlying aspect of like he talks about how he felt like he couldn't be a father properly to his son but then in the end you see like his son starts getting into the things that he's into and they start spending all this time together so there's like this um bonding that they have together and so it's like this kind of like this beautiful bittersweet ending where you know that it's a natural life course of this octopus and eventually like you know they give birth and then they die essentially which is i think a lot of sea or uh like sea creatures have that like salmon do um where they pretty much give birth or lay eggs and then they die um so but the fact that he was you know bonding with his son and growing close to him again was just like oh i'm like oh <laughs> like this creature this little creature brought them together and and it is very small because you see it on his like chest like chilling on his chest like and he's petting this octopus and uh, just this like incredible moment between you know two different species that is it's remarkable it's i'm getting emotional talking about it because it's it's just such a it's a beautiful film it's mm-hmm. really beautiful yeah big time i'm glad you liked it yeah i loved it good. it was awesome good good so are you ready to talk about the movie let's do it <laughs> okay let's get into it so i have a lot of notes because um i so watching this the second time um, was interesting because the first time kind of like freaked me out but the second time I knew what I was expecting so it wasn't like like it was still like definitely well I sent you <laughs> I sent you that gif of Jon Stewart like eating the popcorn like like he's staring in the screen and he's like oh my god what's gonna happen <laughs> That's what, that was what I was doing and I even was um I was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I had a pillow and I put the pillow on top of the like plate and got jelly all over the pillow. No, I I took off the pillowcase. (laughs) I was like, wow, I was really not paying attention because it was there for a good like 10 minutes and I was so into the phone that I didn't notice until after. (laughs) So, um, what did you think about the movie? Um... I'm not honestly sure what I, if I like it or if I don't like it. I think that I like parts of it, and I really don't like parts of it. I think, number one, it just needs to find a lane and stay in the lane. Yes, I um, actually agree with that. I Would think, you call it a 10 Cloverfield lane? Oh. <laughs> I hate, I can't really say enough how much I dislike the title, how obvious of a cash grab it is yes. how they could have called it 10 Snoopy Lane for how close how much Snoopy was in it and how closely it resembled Cloverfield both titles would have been totally accurate if you wanted to like be like this movie is a lot like Cloverfield well it's also a lot like Snoopy because that's the similarities you know terrible title terrible cash grab too obvious uh, and that really really bothers me and I in it It makes me sad because Cloverfield is such a good original movie and here's now this garbage title for a movie that you could just call anything. Yeah. I I call it the bunker. You yeah. I mean they could have called it like ten like Willow Lane or something and it yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um I think we'll get into that as we go though. Because I do have a lot to say about that, that I think that there's, like, it seems like, yeah, like what you said, it's just a cash grab. It's like Cloverfield, it's like, 
it's like having or like using a famous person's last name even if you're like not related to them just because you're like oh yes um morgan freeman yeah i need a table for two for morgan freeman thanks my name is morgan freeman <laughs> you know? yeah it's it's terribly obvious right. especially considering jj abrams is very successful he doesn't need that sort of pandering and obviously the decision could have came well, from he just produced him. it though right i don't think he directed it he produced it yeah i okay. mean like but he's providing the money that's so, true and that's there's true. like a slush reference there's a calvin station so it's not totally void of jj abrams hand also they're using the title from his movie and from his other movie which i think he also produced and yeah, let's see. I don't know. It's it's like this pathetic attempt at, like, squeezing a few more dimes out of people's pockets, I guess. Like, and the thing is, my main soapbox about the movie is that if it would have just picked a lane, I think it could have been incredible, and it wouldn't have needed to pander. But maybe the fact that it, it was just all over the place is why they were like, we need another reason to get people in. But... Yeah, like, the whole... I think that, I mean, if, do you want to just talk about the ending now since we're kind of already there? Okay. So, I think that part of the issue is that while I think that having there have been a chemical attack in the United States or whatever would have made sense, but the fact that they were like, oh no, it's aliens. I was like, so, there, like, was, there was really only, like, what I saw to be like maybe one reference to aliens and I wrote it down because I was actually curious as to what because I know that you've seen the Cloverfield Paradox and we decided we're not going to do that movie but um, there is something that Emmett says and he says that um, let's see he says oh he mentions that Howard talks about mutant space worms. Did you notice that, that he had mentioned that? Yeah, and I wondered if the creature at the end was supposed to be the mutant space worm, or what? Yeah, like but I know, like, was, yeah. in the Cloverfield Paradox, which I would not recommend, it's pretty disgusting, it's body horror, there is a scene with worms that is, I would, I never want to revisit. Like, I never want to rewatch the movie, but there are, there is a scene with worms that's really gross, so I don't know if it's, I don't, I mean, Honestly, this, these movies are so loosely connected that it's, yeah. they're too short-sighted for me to think that this whole thing was a plan to connect all three from the beginning. I so don't think it was at all. I don't know if they were making the movie, Clo The Cloverfield Paradox, I don't know if they were making that, and they said, hey, let's do something gross and put worms in it, or if they said, hey, they mentioned worms in 10 Cloverfield Lane, so let's do something with worms. I don't know, but in my head, I think... The only credit I can give them is that maybe at the end that creature was supposed to be kind of worm-like, because otherwise I don't think they could see beyond the end of their noses to, like, yeah plan for another movie. But I did notice that he said that, and I wondered also about that line. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I thought that that was interesting. I think that a way to have, if you're gonna have an alien attack, first of all, there has to be more... There has to be more to it. Like, you have to include it and infuse it throughout the entire... Right, yeah, exactly. She's shaking her head. Um, you have to include it and infuse it throughout the entire movie. 
And it's like, and I've always said that it's like Chekhov's gun. You know, you can't show a gun in the first act and not have it go off by the third act or second act or whatever it is. You know, there's like that whole rule. And this is kind of the same with that, except it's missing the gun. So, so yeah, so like the yeah. gun shoots off, but we're like, well, where did the gun come from? You know, and it's, you, it's, there's references to like, you know, the like they're being attacked, whatever, but there's no... There's nothing like there are huge spaceships coming from the skies. Like, it's nothing like that. It's like they could have almost completely, actually, they could have totally completely written out the alien thing and it would have made no difference to the rest of the film. Yep. But it, there's one it part. Except that it would have made the movie better. That's the difference. <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, there's like that one part with the woman who, like, is on the outside and she's like, you know, like, let me in, let me in. If. They had um, had that have been like an alien creature. Okay, I would have been more on board. You See, know? I never thought about that. Yeah. That's a that's an excellent. I point. just thought about that. So yeah, that's right. So, something like that maybe would have elevated it, and I would have been more on board with the alien attack. Right, right. But no, I really like that. So not but but <laughs> I'm not trying to like. However. <laughs> I still think if the aliens are attacking and they're still currently attacking, there's too many villains in the movie because John Goodman end up, ends up being a villain oh, and yeah, the aliens. So, although I don't think ends up as as right as far as like starts out as yeah, I guess you end up <laughs> discovering that he's been a villain the whole oh, time. Yeah. He's very um, tense. But I really like the is he or isn't he dance that she plays. Me too through the in the bunker and I think that's really cool and I think they could have either had him just be a crazy guy the whole time that's what I was thinking and then she thinks that there's I had a couple ideas so number one he's he's not crazy he's just eccentric enough to seem crazy and she thinks that there's been some sort of an attack so she makes the suit and I really like it when she gets out into the world and she gets a hole in her suit and she tapes it up really quick and she's freaking out. And then she sees the birds and then she takes the gas mask off and she's like, oh, I'm okay. I'm safe, you know. Uh, but that doesn't totally explain, like, why Emmett was in there and, and like, right. what happened to the pigs and everything. So, number two, everything in the movie is exactly the same except for the fact that what happened was a small terrorist, localized terrorist attack that freaked Emmett out, freaked Harold out, Howard, Howard, Howard. I keep doing that, freaked Howard out, There's similar, similar. and <laughs> the woman still could have been attacked by this chemical, Right. and all that could have been the same, and then she gets out of the bunker, she rubs her suit, she freaks out, then she realizes she doesn't have to, takes the gas mask off, the bunker explodes, she's finally safe end of the movie right or it's aliens the whole time and and then obviously what you said with the maybe she looks out and she sees a creature or see the woman right. is like then then and then he's not crazy because i don't like the fact that he and like you find out that he's also like a weird pedophile kidnapper whatever i don't like that and then there's also aliens to deal with it needs to pick yeah i agree i agree i think that part of the issue is well, first of all, it's very much more of a psychological film than anything else. And I, that was 
I would prefer a psychological film over an alien invasion film. Unless an alien invasion film is done really well, um, like, it's kind of like the same idea as, like, um, demonic possession. It's the same, like, lane as that, where I'm, like, not really into, like, movies like that. Unless it's done, like, really well. Like, the, uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose was... I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but that was a that was a great film because it was more like you're not sure if it's possession or if it's like a psychological thing. So you're kind of like going back and forth through the whole movie, and they never really clarify it. So you're always like, well, I don't know what happened to her, you know. And it's really it's really well done. Uh, but this is like what you said. It's just like it, it it's a cash grab. So they're they're like, oh yeah, no, this guy's all fucked up and weird and shit and creepy, but. Um, there's actually aliens out there. And so you're like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? There's been aliens the whole time? That's yeah. stupid. <laughs> you know? And I think, like, I think they wanted to do, like, an out of the frying pan into the fire sort of, like, oh, wow, look at this twist. But it's too late in the movie. It's too stupid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any sort of effect that they probably wanted but I also think, like, a small-scale terrorist attack that freaked them out and put them in the bunker would be interesting because and then Emmett died for nothing. Right, like, yeah. And then it's, like, even sadder because you're like, they didn't even have to be in the bunker to begin with, and now Emmett is dead. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so that's... It's just... It's too bad because it went, <laughs> I watched this movie with Mike... And at the end, when she stands on the car and she sees the alien ship, and she goes, "Oh come on!" I said to him, "Like that's what the audience is saying right now." <laughs> yeah. But it's not cheeky. Like I'm not like, "Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is happening right now." There's right. aliens, like you said. There's been aliens the whole time. Yeah, like this is news to me. I really, really love the scene in the bunker when they hear the ship go over. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's like chill-inducing. And I think it'd be so easy to just have him say, no, that's not the United States Air Force. Like, what would being in the Navy for 14 years, like, that would make him the expert, so you would automatically trust him, but that doesn't mean he's not lying to you, or that doesn't mean that he's yeah. not mistaken. You know what I mean? I so would like, never trust a word that came out of the guy's mouth. Not if, not, there's no way. Like, I would, I would be on edge, like, like, questioning everything he said the entire time. Like, you kidnap me, and you lock me up using something on my thigh. Like, I'm not going to trust you. You're a fucking crazy person, you know? Like, and you're, and also, like, the room that she's in is in, like, that typical, like, kidnapped girl room. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so, like, barren and creepy and, like, I don't actually know why he had her restrained. I don't either. I, don't I bet that that's, sense. like, never answered, and I don't understand why. Especially she if she's injured, so she can't even really move. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have been okay with it if he would have said, I'm sorry I locked you up, but you can't walk on that, and I didn't want you to get up. But he never said anything. Yeah. So it just seemed like it was just restraining her for, for restraining her sake for the movie. It was restraining right. her for us, as if he knew we existed. Right, know? right, right. And right. I didn't care for that, but... No, I, well, so I actually want to say one more thing about the end, just before I forget. I have to say that I did really like the end part where she's listening to the radio, and they're like, the survivors can come to Baton Rouge, but we also need help in Houston, and she's looking at that sign, then she decides to go to Houston. I was like, okay, that's good. I like that. Yeah, it's interesting character development because of the story she told about the little girl. Well, and it's also like, it's also, um, 
it's like that would make sense again with like a terrorist attack like what you said that if especially if they're close enough to baton rouge and they're close enough to houston then both of those places could have been attacked and then whatever you know fallout from that i guess could have come that way around the you know rural area because they're in like the middle of nowhere and she couldn't even get a signal on her phone so but a large enough uh, device, a bomb or whatever, you know, could definitely affect them and could certainly affect the air around them. You know, it could be radiated or whatever. But the, yeah, the fact that it's like she gets out and she's like, oh, it's been aliens the whole time. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm what? What? It's been it's been aliens this whole time. <laughs> this whole time it's been aliens. You know. It's so stupid. Uh, yeah. I do really like when she's driving toward Houston and the lightning happens and you see the ship in the air. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but I don't like, something that really irked me and started driving me nuts was just how perfectly resourceful she was through the whole movie. Like, she always was, like, ahead of the game. And that bothered me because nobody is that good. Like, she right. was... She had the wherewithal to make a Molotov cocktail in a car that was slowly being abducted. And then she was able to throw that cocktail into a tiny opening yeah. on the ship. And then the ship crashed. Well, and it didn't even look like a ship. It looked like a mouth or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like, I think we looked it up on Wikipedia, and it was like a biomechanical ship. So it was like partially, you know, like alive. And then the ship crashed, but luckily the tentacles sort of like caught it. So she didn't die when the ship crashed. And... It was... Well, it, it like, dropped the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't care for that. I thought, just leave that... I mean, just leave the aliens out. But if the aliens have to be in it, give me a more believable way for her to get away from them. But then right. also, once she got out of the chicken coop, after she got the keys from the dead body, why did she run toward the house? Why didn't she go straight to the car and leave? Right. Well, and also, whose body is that? That's the woman. That's Brittany or whatever? Oh, oh, the woman. Oh, that's right. That's Brittany. right. The, yeah, Brittany, that Megan, Brittany. Oh, no, that's the woman that wanted to Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I never put, like, two and two together. Because that, that was why. her car. Oh, that's right. Okay. Wow, I don't. <laughs> that just, like, whoop, right over my head. Um. Yeah, I had, like, no. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I. Because this is, again, the second time I've seen it. And the first time I saw it, I was like, is that Emmett's body? Is that the girl? Like, and I'm like, No, Emmett's body was in the, like, hydrochloric, yeah, whatever. The, the acid. Yeah. Um, so, despite the ending, though, let's say if everything was done the way it should have been done, what would you? What did you think of the movie other than that? I really liked the scenes in the bunker, and I um, think John Goodman's performance is tremendous so he's amazing in the movie i love it i love how he walks the line between creepy and okay and like between creepy and eccentric he's mm -hmm. like so great and i wanted to ask you do you think he accidentally hit her car or do you think he drove her off the road because this is a question i actually that I have wrestled. i actually have that on my list too um that i think it's a good question and i don't know because i think that I think in order to do that, he would have had to have been 
following her for some time. Because I'm pretty sure he sees her at the gas station. Well, I think like there was a different. I think that was a different truck though, because oh. that truck I think was black. Oh, was it? Yeah, and the one that he was in was yellow. Mm-hmm. It looked to me like the one that she saw at the gas station was a newer one, a newer model. Like I would say, probably like within the past couple of years. Okay. And then the one that he was driving looked like it was at least ten years old. Okay. So I don't think that they were the same. So I think it's totally plausible that he could have um, he could have driven her off the road accidentally, but I don't really like that and I don't think it makes sense with him like his M.O. is like uh, because then there's that whole thing where she's talking with Emmett and did you recognize him as a guy from Hush or were I you didn't, like until you told me and <laughs> yeah, even he, then I wouldn't have because I've been, like it's been so long since I've seen oh, Hush oh that's right yeah I've seen Hush like probably at least four or five times um also highly recommend that movie it's an awesome movie <laughs> yeah with uh what's her name well, anyway, John Gallagher Jr. is in it, so it's directed by Mike Flanagan. Anyway, um, so he mentioned, or she takes a picture out of the book, and she shows him, and she's like, this is his daughter, Megan. This is Howard's daughter, Megan. And Emmett's like, uh, no, that's a girl I went to high school with named Brittany. She disappeared about two years ago, and then that's it. So, so she's like, okay, so first of all, he lied to me about Megan. So... I'm assuming that if he had, which you're kind of assuming he abducted Brittany, because there's, like, pictures of them together where she looks really scared. Like, like he's holding his arm around her, and he's like, we're a happy family, and she's like, I'm fucking terrified, you know? And, um, and so it doesn't really make sense to me that it would be, like, happenstance that he happened to drive her off the road. I think I would have liked more if, he was the one that had pulled up in the gas station behind her and he was maybe stalking her for a while or he saw her there and then decided to run her off the road and that would have made more sense but I never thought that they were the same truck so I just thought that maybe it was an accident yeah that's interesting because I I honestly think they could take the part about Brittany just take it totally out take the part about the earring the help written on the window take all that out see I love that I love that it's not that big of a part (laughs) in the movie and I think that it could just like it just go away right um because I don't care for it I don't don't care see I loved it I thought it was super I I would I wanted that in there I wanted there to be more about her but I agree with you that because that's how he seemingly operates it makes more sense that he probably drove her off the road and I it's fascinating because I really like how she peeks out the window and sees the paint on the truck. Yeah. And then later she's talking to Emmett and she says, like, he abducted me. He drove me off the road. And I think it's interesting because uh, Howard walks into the room during that conversation. So it's very possible that he heard them talking. Oh, yeah. And time. that's why, like, two scenes later he said, I have a confession. I hit you and he's trying to like appease her by telling her right. a story or, like, or justify his actions it's possible whatever. that he knew she saw the paint and he put it together but either way I kind of in the moment I kind of believed him like maybe he did just get in an accident with her right. and but then you find out that he's kidnapped another girl so it seems less likely yeah. um, unless and this is all just super conjecture because you don't get any of this in the movie unless he crashed into her on accident, saw it was a young woman, and thought, hey, if I'm going to lock myself away, you know, so maybe it was, like, a happy accident for him. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. Or 
he could have also been driving past, saw her in the window, been like, ooh, cute girl, like, and, you know, drove her off the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Um, Because his truck really did not sustain many damages, so it seemed to me like it was, like, it seemed like it was maybe more intentional due to the lack of damage that the truck sustained, Hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think that really leaves it up in the air, is that you, you just don't know, but... I wouldn't put it past him. Certainly, definitely not. And I wish that there had been more about that Brittany girl. But I also wrote something else down that, like, really, like, creeped me out to my fucking soul. Like, the, the like, depths of my soul was, um, they're playing that part. They're playing that scene where they, <gasps> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, and he's, and, and I'm just trying to get him to say woman. And he's just, like, not even, like, he's like, okay, um... You know, uh, Michelle. It's like a little girl. Michelle, yeah. Michelle is a, and he's like a girl, a a a child, princess, and he never says I love woman. And I was like, what does that mean? Like I was so, ooh, it was so like spine tingling. Like, and he like, and the thing is that he was just like. It's like he couldn't comprehend in his mind that she's a woman. Yeah. Yeah, that was so, so creepy. Yeah, and he says, like, well, next time maybe be more specific. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> like, I feel like what he was saying was pretty obvious, except to you, you giant fucking piece of shit creeper. <laughs> you know, like, no, I really like that scene as well. I think that's really good. Yeah. It's a- it crawled under my skin. Like, I was like, Oh my God, he won't say. Th- and he refused to say the word "woman." It was like it was so. Oh, it was just so like you're like, oh my God, what kind of monster are we dealing with here? And and I think, I think, and I'm sure that you probably felt this way too. But as a woman, like my first instinct, if I'm locked up in a place, I'm assuming that I'm about to get raped. Like that's gonna be my first assumption is that I'm I'm here to be like, like that's what I'm here for, you know. And so, and I'm obviously very, like, glad that that never happened, because I'm, you know, like, rape scenes in movies, I really don't, I don't need to see that. You can apply it if you're going to have it. Well, I like that, like, I like <laughs> that he established right away that, like, her and Emmett couldn't, like, he's like, no touching to Emmett, so there wasn't, like, a shoehorned love story in there. Right. And I also like that he was creepy because, assumably, he had some trauma with his real daughter either being like going missing or maybe she really did move away either way there's something traumatic happened in his past that makes him like need a daughter right so whether or not he assaulted Brittany is never we never know right but he made it clear that like at least within the confines of the movie that we watched there was nothing like like that was going to take place at that time right and I agree like I that would have been really awful yeah well and i think too that part of the reason maybe because he was clearly like jealous of emmett and how she was behaving towards him like in that scene where she's like touching his hand which she was obviously (laughs) doing intentionally like get him riled up um which that's actually another thing sorry that bothered me is that like she was she was so one step ahead that she knew getting him riled up would get him close enough to get his keys and that's something that I thought was a little bit too easy and that bothered me but I really liked that scene what she was doing but I like once I realized 
once I realized that that's why she did it, I thought, like, how did you know that this was going to happen? And, you know, like, he could have just as easily, like, freaked out and not stood up and gotten closer. You know, so I I didn't... Her her actions were too scripted a couple times, and that bothered me. Because, obviously, in a movie script, she's going to get close to him and be able to steal his keys. But that doesn't... I mean, I still liked her escape attempt. I just wish that it had been a little bit more subtle how she got the keys. Yeah, I... um, I don't necessarily think it's because she knew that it was going to happen. I think she was taking a chance and hoping that it was going to happen. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't... I didn't care. I... I didn't care how how ahead of the game she was at every turn. That really started to... Like, I'm like, oh, of course she's going to get out of this... Of course she's going to get out of this. In Anyway, you were talking about him being jealous of Agnes. Um, yeah, well, and I think that part of the reason that he was acting that way is because she was kind of flirting with him. And if he views her as a child, which is apparently how he views her, to him that would be like a big no-no. And I could see him being very upset about that, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, but... There's also, I think, a level of possession that he feels towards Michelle. Like, she's mine, you know? And and it makes sense that her and Emmett would connect because they're two people stuck with this fucking crazy guy, you know? And she's like, I, like, we can't stay here. And he's close to her age, and he seems like he's a cool dude. So it's, it's like, I... I I kept getting nervous every time that they were talking. I was like, be fucking quieter because he could be around any goddamn boy. Something that bothered me was that I needed more I needed more insight into the layout of the bunker because he said in the early in the movie, he said, In here is my private quarters and you can only come in with express permission. But then later in the movie when she finds the earring, she just like walks Emmett into that area and shows him the picture of Megan slash Brittany. And we have no idea, like, where, he's somewhere, somewhere in the bunker, and I'm thinking, like, the bunker is not that big. No. He would have, like, you would have an awareness where the other members of the bunker were at all times, and so I thought that was kind of strange, because just like you said, like, having a conversation in a place, like, I bet the bunker was about as big as your apartment. Probably, yeah. And I would say maybe a little bigger. Yeah, and so the conversations that they were having in these public areas. Yeah, and yeah. they were, like, being, like, too loud. Like, I was like, guys, shut up. Yeah. Like, I don't know, uh, whatever. Um, so I have some notes, and one of the notes that, um, what what do you think happened with Ben? Oh, <laughs> I was thinking they must have had. Brad Coop. <laughs> played by Brad Coop. They must have had a heck of an argument for her to pack up and leave. Like, yeah. all he said was, people argue, and I was like, what were they arguing about? Well, and it made me wonder if he had been violent or something towards her, and maybe that's maybe. why she was like, I gotta get out of here, but then we never, like, like, if you know, she had packed her stuff away and had, like, a black eye, then I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. Obviously, the argument they had was a lot more, like, less of an argument, more of a, you know, punch fest, but the thing is that we just she like never mentions him again and they were engaged so they were obviously like it was more serious than just relate like a you know boyfriend girlfriend they were gonna get married right so to me i also didn't like that either because she's running away from him and that's like 
kind of like the reason why she gets into the car accident so why don't we ever find out like she like she, just even like a little conversation with Emmett where she's like I ran away from my fiance because I wasn't happy or I was feeling whatever um would have been better just a sentence you know it but they never mention it again it feels like the movie forgot about Ben yeah and instead wanted to be like forget about her fiance because now there's aliens because they wasted precious time with her telling that story about the little girl at the hardware store mm -hmm. to build for the ending of why she would go to Houston instead of right. Baton Rouge but in Samantha's revision of the movie <laughs> that conversation could have easily and that's a good point I hadn't thought about this before so you're making me think about it now the conversation could have just as easily been like you said yeah, I, you know, like, uh, I saw, she could have said, I saw a little girl, her dad was pulling her in her arm because she wasn't moving fast enough. I know how that goes. My fiancé wanted blah, 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 or my fiancé beat me up, you know, and I right. never, and I don't fight back, and I just run away, and my, or my fiancé wanted a bigger commitment, and I wasn't ready, so I ran away. And that could have been just as effective as just her telling a story about, like, well, even, um, sorry to interrupt you, but even, um, so she mentions that the little, about the little girl, but she also mentions that this was something that she had kind of experienced in her own life. So there's obviously like a, um, like a, like a ongoing, um, like system of abuse, like, and that system, but you, you get what I mean, where she's experiencing abuse. So to me... And I'm saying this as someone who's been studying psychology and everything like that. <laughs> I just feel kind of like a snob when I say, like, as someone who's been studying psychology, um, let me <laughs> But as someone who's been studying psychology in particular, <laughs> you're laughing, but it's okay. In particular, childhood abuse. Um, it's very common for children who are from abusive households to continue to have relationships with other people who are abusive because that's what they know. So for her to have experienced this, this like seeing this little girl struggling and then mentioning, well, this is what I had grown up with, but then saying like, and then my boyfriend had actually hit me and that's why I left would have been like, okay, so this is just an ongoing, you know, and, and it could also maybe kind of make sense as to why she's so like she well I want to say like she's so like okay yeah like you know whatever you want Howard but also I think that's a little different because this is like you don't know what's going to happen with you if well, this is guy off I mean if you're stuck in a bunker scary. with somebody if you're stuck in a bunker with somebody your answer should always be like yeah okay whatever you want you know yeah, yeah no I was so like the way that I would interact with him and everything just to like I'd be like because I, like, I personally know how I would interact with him. I would be like, sure, whatever you want, Howard. I would always, you know, but I'd be, like, I would be playing his game with the knowledge that he oh, was playing into my For game. sure, you know for sure. I mean? Yeah. I do think her actions don't really show me somebody who may ha allow herself to be captive by, like, systematic abuse. Mm -hmm. Because she was so resourceful. Like, yeah. She was immediately, like, she knew to start that fire, and then she, like, tried to use, like, a barroom knife to get Howard's, Harold, Howard, oh Howard. my gosh. <laughs> it's Howard. 
Okay. She tried to use, like, a barroom knife. Like, she broke a bottle to try to get Howard incapacitated. Is that so what she it's called, escape. a barroom knife? I don't know, like a beer bottle. I know, that's what I called it. Like, oh, okay. Just no, I know, like, like movies when there's, like, barroom no, fights. It's like... A barroom yeah. bar knife is a, yeah. like a bottle. That makes sense. I like it. And so she uses all these tactics to, like, protect herself, and that makes me think that... It re- makes me... It makes it hard to believe that maybe her boyfriend beat her up because I feel like she wouldn't even allow that to happen maybe she's a strong person because she experienced that abuse as a kid but still what kind of like it would have been nice i totally agree with you to get a little bit of exposition on what happened in their relationship instead of hearing a story about a little girl at a hardware store um because i felt less sorry for her than i felt for emmett i thought emmett's little soliloquy was really really good i loved his character his character his character and Howard's character were pretty near perfect for me. Her character, not so much, because she was too perfect. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, yeah. um... I like that she was really resourceful, but I do agree with you that it seems like she was almost too resourceful. Because I think her making, like, the hazmat suit was pretty amazing. Yeah. And so that's, like... That's like 150% of your daily value of resourcefulness in this movie. You <laughs> yeah. don't need all the rest of it. Well, you know? yeah, no, you're right. Like, I thought that building the um, the suit was like, I was like, that's a brilliant idea. And they established that because she's a fashion student. But they also, he had a book on surviving doomsday that told them how to make the gas mask. Yeah. So all the pieces in this little puzzle fit very well together. And I really liked it. So I didn't need all the rest of the times where she was like MacGyvering her way around. Yeah. Um, but I really, really liked Emmett's story. It was, it was kind of heartbreaking when he just talked about, like, he lived his life in a 40-mile radius, he sabotaged himself so he couldn't go to college, even though he had a scholarship because he was too intimidated, and then he died being rather heroic because yeah, he was protecting her, and... Well, and he, like, kept the ticket in his Yeah, palette. it was so like, sad. Yeah, like, I was like, oh my god, like, um... I, I agree. I really liked Emmett's story, too. I thought he was a very interesting... And you like him, like, immediately, too. Like, he's he's affable, he's nice, he's interesting, he's funny. And he's you know? a nice like, bridge because she thinks Howard's crazy, but he confirms that some weird thing did happen. Right, right. And so for us and her, we trust him. We're like, okay, so something yeah. really is weird happening outside. But right. anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's it. I think that um, I, I agree with you. Um... Let's see. I do have, um, oh yeah, because, okay, so I did mention this, we kind of mentioned the thigh lock. If he had put that lock on her, you know, why would he leave her phone in the same room? You know what I mean? I thought that that was strange, too. Like, to me, it seems like you could maybe get enough of a signal to get out, you know, or, you know, like, to get a call out, but... Um, also, her phone had, like, full, like, was, like, fully charged, and I was, like, unrealistic. <laughs> I'm, like, you've been out all night. You probably have not charged your phone. Like, mm, I don't think so. Um, it was a little weak because I can't see Howard caring to get her phone but leaving the booze, especially when he said, but I didn't have time to bring the booze in. Yeah. And that, 
annoys me because the booze was just set up for that stupid Molotov at the end. Right. But Howard was like, better bring her phone. Yeah, it's inconsistent. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Well, and like, it seems like if he's going to rescue her, then he should maybe bring her clothes, too. Yeah, she has a suitcase you, Like, she stuff. had a bunch of shit with her. Yeah. So it's like, you're, you're planning on bringing this woman into your bunker for one to two years, as he says. And you don't bring her clothes? Like, you're going to give her clothes that this other girl wore and call her Megan? Oh, the whole but thing. he brought, like, the box of her sketchbooks in. So the items that yeah. he brought in seemed weirdly arbitrary, but also they made sense because they established that she wanted to be a fashion designer. Right, right. So they served a purpose, but they also, I, it also made me think the same as you, is, is why would he bring in her cell yeah. phone, why would he... Yeah, why yeah. would he not bring in her clothes? That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean... Unless he wanted her to dress in those other clothes. Yeah, that would... Well... Which makes sense, actually. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of... Because mm -hmm. uh, even... You could even say that that girl Brittany and her almost look alike, you know? Like, or have similar... Yeah, yeah. dark features, yeah. dark hair, yeah. Um, I... Yeah, there, there's just a lot where... I, I really enjoy this movie, and I, I think John Goodman is fantastic. And I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think she's awesome. Everything I've seen her in, I've liked her in. Um, and I like John Gallagher Jr. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of him from Hush. He was super, super creepy in that. Um, so I think it's a great cast. But, again, you can't include an alien invasion without it. Like, without... It's... You just cannot include something that is not foreshadowed and that is bad storytelling. It feels like, what the movie feels like is that they were goofing around and they filmed an alien movie and then they were like, oh, we have to record another movie. Let's just rewind the tape and reuse it. And so their movie ended, and we were just supposed to stop it, but you just, you know, you keep playing a VHS tape, and right. then you get to see what was recorded after it. Right. right. Oh my gosh, maybe that's the connection to Cloverfield, is that the ending is. is something they filmed over, and we just happened to see it. Because there's this, there's this uh, sketch on SNL from the 90s that I always loved, and it was called Goth Talk, and it was a public access show with Chris Kattan and Molly Shannon, and they played, like, goth teenagers. And they were like, the darkness consumes my soul. And then they had this one at this one sketch where he, uh, Chris Kattan was like, my dad taped over part of our episode with Frasier, with a, an episode of Frasier. And they're like saying all this like goth stuff, like the dark is consuming me. And then it stops. And all of a sudden you see Frasier Crane, like hitting an elevator button and you hear like, baby, I hear the blues are calling <laughs> to silence and scramble back. <laughs> Money. That's cool. That's 10 Cloverfield Lane. Right, right, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, uh... <laughs> yeah, like, we'll just film this whole sky thing, and then, you know what, we'll just add the bunker in later. Perfect, love it, guys. Let's all go home. All right, y'all want to do more cocaine? Great. <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, Mike and I looked it up some things, and it was, like, the original bones of the movie was a script called The Cellar, mm -hmm. and in The Cellar, uh, Mike looked this up, that in the cellar, it wasn't an alien invasion. Well, you don't actually find well, out. it was or it, it wasn't? It wasn't, but okay. you don't actually find out. So she escapes the cellar, and Howard is just this, like, eccentric, creepy guy, because he's still, like, he thought something was going on, and then 
she leaves in her car and she like crests a hill and sees Chicago and it's like destroyed. So there oh. was an attack, but it wasn't alien. You don't you don't you find see, out I what it was. That. I yeah. Yeah. That. yeah, like just just make it anything but aliens. Yeah. Um, well, and it, it's it just doesn't seem. It just doesn't seem like it flows with it the rest of the movie. It feels like a different movie. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Like, it's like, it's, they establish a certain vibe, a certain presence, whatever, and then they're all of a sudden like, actually, <laughs> it's been aliens the whole time. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? It's been alien? Like, it's and, pretty lazy, I think. It's the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Well, and also, like, so, like, the pig part, they could have, like, he could have shot them, and left them for dead and like so they're rotting so you think like so she maybe like can't see the bullet wounds or like it's well, too rotted he established that he has a chemical that will like right. destroy tissue so he could have just used that chemical right. also like where does he get this huge amount of acid well I mean, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean geez. he's Walter White from Breaking Bad <laughs> he's like I mean he's something anyway um yeah I I do agree that I think that that end part is just like it's it's really reaching, and I really don't think it needed to reach at all. I think it could have like you could have you could have even had everything fine and all right in the world, and he's just a crazy guy. Yeah, you know? just telling a simple human story goes so much further. Yeah. I mean, I like movies about aliens and monsters, obviously, but you it takes more work than just throwing them in at the end. Yeah. Big time. Um, so, yeah, I do want to mention a part uh, I think that Bear's mentioning, and I love the montage scene. I like a, I love a good montage, but listen, I know that, was it Tiffany? I think Tiffany did a version of the song, I Think We're Alone Now, but throw that one off of Moving Train, because the one by Tommy James and the Shondells, I've loved since I was a kid. Um, and it's such a fun song. Mm. I think his voice is really good in it, and it's just, like, so boppy. And I love that they use that in the montage because it's probably my favorite part of the movie because finally you're thinking to yourself, like, the montage is, like, breathable space where you suddenly are thinking, like, okay, they're making life work in this weird environment with this very, um, he's a moody guy, and I like that about him, how he's like, you guys are very ungrateful, but Michelle, like, cut him with the, the bottle, and Michelle did all this stuff, but he, like, forgave her, and he forgave right. Emmett, and he's, like, he flies off the handle, but then he sort of forgives them, and he, like, changed her light bulb, and so I really like the use of the song, I think, Rolo now, that version, and it's a very fun montage when they're, like, putting the puzzles yeah, together, and, and playing the games, and watching movies, and eating cereal, and I, and it's just, like, you're breathing for a second in the yeah. movie, and I think that that's really well done, because... A movie of that caliber almost needs to give you just a little bit of space to sort of relax, and then it like, oh, and then don't relax. It's interrupted by that really chilling scene with the ship flying over, and I love that. It's so good, and then and then she has to crawl through the ducts. Oh, that. And I have an issue with that scene because of the fact that he tries to open a hatch, and he's like, something's blocking the hatch. And so he makes her crawl through the duct, and he's like, don't get stuck, because we can't help you if you get stuck. And I think that's really good. Like, obviously I had an issue yeah. with duct work and, stra duct work and stranger things, <laughs> yes. but this bunker was created by him, so I'm like, okay, with the fact that she can crawl through it, it's not like a shopping mall. And, you know, and, well, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. movie is 
you know, I, I accept it, but I don't understand why he wouldn't tell her, go in, fix the air filter, and then move whatever is blocking this hatch. And the reason she didn't do that was because at the end of the movie, she needed to crawl through the ductwork again. Yeah. And I thought that that was kind of a cheap setup. Because right. it would have been, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, he made it so he could get in there because he has that hatch. But why wouldn't he say, for our safety, you should probably clear the hatch? Yeah, I don't, I think that's weird, too. And also, like, what is he going to do with that if she wasn't there? He can't climb, he can't go through the duct. I mean, Emmett can't. It's like, it's made for, like, you know, she's tiny, so you, you're assuming that she's very small and she can get in there. But, like, I was, like, and that's what I was thinking the entire time. I was like, so you would just die then? Because that's what it seems to me. Like, you just you just suffocate. Yeah. You know, like, you can't get in there. He can't get in there. I couldn't get in there. Like, right. you know. Oh, yeah, so, I couldn't get in there either. Yeah, like, I mean, so. Well, I think, like, the, the idea is, I'm okay, I'm actually okay with the idea of, like, the hatch is stuck. Mm. And this is something he didn't ever plan for. What I'm not okay with is him saying, figure out what's blocking the hatch. And then we could have her even, like, see what's blocking it and just tell him, I couldn't unblock it because she's, like, maybe problem-solving for the future or something. Right. But that never comes into play again. There's nothing ever about the hatch. Like, yeah, I and I think, like, if you guys are going to be in there for two years, there's a good chance that you'll have to go fix it again. Oh, yeah, big time. And there was other machinery in there that maybe would have need to be serviced so that never came up yeah well and it seems like he would have like a hazmat suit or something if he had to go outside for whatever reason yeah that's another know? good point yeah like because it and obviously you can get to it from outside mm -hmm. so that's fine but like if you're preparing for everything and then you don't prepare that's a great point yeah like you don't prepare to have like a hazmat suit or something um because he had i mean as far as we know, as the audience, he had no idea that Michelle was going to join them. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And Emmett had kind of came of his own volition. Yeah, Emmett had to fight his way in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's mm -hmm. like, I need to get in here. Um, so, and, but, yeah, I think that that's, that's very strange. And it seems like that is a, I don't know, like a very... Just kind of, again, like, lazy, yeah, like, it's a lazy story. I never thought about the fact that why wouldn't he have a suit? Right, right. Yeah. It seems like he would have multiple suits. Oh, like, it. oxygen tanks? Any, well, anything, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like, it's, it's, for how prepared he is, it's kind of like, well, are you that prepared? Yeah. Because if you run out of oxygen, you can't go into there, and you can't go outside, so then you're suffocating to death. Yeah, and he so made an airlock yeah. and everything. Yeah, so... Yeah. Right? That's, That's interesting. Yeah, they could have easily done something like that where they just had a suits hanging there, but then maybe she couldn't have... I mean, they could have... I, they still could have... They could have had something... They could have just added a little bit more to show yeah. how prepared he was, but um, what I... There was... I really liked when she was climbing through the ducts and he was... Putting like hitting them with a knife. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that's, oh, that's so scary. creepy. Like and you don't know where he's going to be next. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have a I've actually wrote down another thing. So the song um let's see. There's another song that he plays on the little Oh yeah. Tell him that you're yes. always going to love him. Tell so yeah. I hate that song. <laughs> like I hate, and it's not because 
I don't like the way it sounds or anything, it's because it freaks me out. Yeah. There's something about it's like the, a weird minor chord or something. There's something weird about like the yeah, like a horror movie music in the background. Yeah, like there's yeah. something about that song, and every time I hear it, I always start feeling really uneasy. Uh-huh. And I know it's supposed to be like a happy song, but it doesn't matter what movie it's in. No, it's really it is, weird. Every time I'm always like. I hate this song. I'm so uncomfortable. It kind and, of has like a grating string section or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Whoever wrote that song, you need to stop because that was terrible. <laughs> I think it's like a Motown song, so maybe they're not writing songs yeah, anymore. You never, yeah, it, the Exciters is what. The, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's probably from the 60s or 50s or whatever. Yeah. But I like it's so. It is a weird sounding song. Right. I, I agree with you. So whenever I hear that in a movie, my first instinct is to go like, oh shit. Oh no, I don't like this at all. <laughs> so yeah, I I thought that that was interesting that they put that in there because, and and I'm sure that there's other people out there who love that song, but I li- like I won't listen to it. I hate that song. I just it's it it's like it's not like it's not even that I don't like it. It's that it freaks me out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's I I don't know. I there's a lot about this movie that I really like, mm-hmm. but I agree that the alien. It's it's too much. It doesn't make sense of the rest of the film. It doesn't vibe with it. It just seems like what you said, like it's a totally different movie. Yeah. Um, I do really like... Something that happened early in the movie is really amusing to me is when he's giving them a tour of the bunker and he's like, and this table is an heirloom, so watch your wet glasses, always use a coaster or a placemat. And that reminds did you ever see The Life of Brian? Um, no. There's Is that a, the Monty Python? Yeah, there's yeah. a scene in the movie where they're gonna, I think they're, like, trying to infiltrate Jerusalem or something, and they're giving the they're giving the group of guys instructions, and one of them's like, and these tunnels were recently retiled, so watch your spears, terrorists. Like, that's what it reminded me of, and I really like that part. I, I think it's really <laughs> funny how he's, like, created this little home. And he's, like, telling them to watch out for water rings when potentially, you don't know, but the world outside. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm really worried about those water rings. Yeah, and I like that. I I really, I think that's enjoyable. And I I liked, I would have liked if he had just ended up being eccentric. Mm -hmm. You know? And he was so eccentric, and some weird small thing happened that made it so believable that they had no choice but to just stay in the bunker. And then when she gets out, she's like, oh, my gosh. I've just been not quite deceived because he thought something happened, but kind of like yeah, deceived, but also just ignorantly following along with him. And I think that that would have been a much more interesting ending because it would be psychological, totally yeah, definitely psychological. And yeah, and like I mean, I think that I think it, that would be a lot more interesting, especially since he's obviously has no problem with killing people, you know? And I want to talk about that part, the part where he kills Emmett. Yes. So that was hugely, like... Disturbing. uh, Yeah, like, I... So this... The time that I... When I saw it this time, I knew it was going to happen, so I wasn't, like... I wasn't, like, really surprised. But when I first saw that part, I had no idea that that was coming. And I, like... I was, like, Oh, my God! Oh, my God! It's pretty shocking. Yeah, it totally is. He kills Emmett the way every movie villain should kill somebody. Yes! (laughs) 
He's like, let me tell you about my evil plan, Emmett. Michelle, leave the room. Yeah, <laughs> no, he no. just shoots his point yeah. blank without He's, even hesitating. Well, and like, so he, you know, he finds the um, the scissors or whatever, and he's like putting them in the acid, um, and he finds the um, box cutter and put puts them in the acid, and, 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 you know, Emmett, who's just like this good guy, is like, I'm sorry, it's my fault. It's totally my fault. And he's, and then... You know, Howard goes, oh, I forgive you. And he just, like, shoots him fucking point blank. It was so... You just, like, you just don't even see it coming. Like, you... Like, it's so shocking and it's so sudden. And there's, like, there's no, like, point where Howard is going, like, back and forth. Like, is it a... Like, should I kill this guy for disobeying me or whatever, you know? But no, it's just immediate. And it's, like... And... I could see why at that point she's like, I have to get the fuck out now or (laughs) I might die here. And especially because he, he seemed like he was like, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. Well, he's like, this is how it was supposed to be all along. Yeah. Yeah. He said that. Yeah. I wrote, and that makes me, that's amusing because that makes me think that he purposely ran her off the road. Me too. And excitingly he was like i'm gonna have this girl with me and then emmett came and ruined the plan and so that makes me wonder if it was always howard's plan to eventually get rid of emmett he just had to figure out right how right and i love i love that scene but i i mean i don't love it it's it's so disturbing. I it makes it's me dead. sad. It makes me sad that a scene that good is in a movie with the ending that with an ending yeah. that bad because yes. yeah, it's so perfect and so well done and so disturbing and creepy and scary so and off putting and shocking. Yeah. It's amazing. And you, I never saw it coming. The first time I saw the movie, I was the same way. Oh, yeah. I did not see it coming. Yeah, I, I, he was I, like, ah! <laughs> screaming. I was like, what am I? I just he was so reasonable. I mean, but he. Oh, I love that line when he's like, I know I seem like a sensible guy. <laughs> so good. But he was weirdly reasonable the whole movie before that because, like I said, they would do things and he would just sort of forgive and they would move yeah, on. Yeah. But he really wasn't. It was like smoldering under the surface. No. And so I didn't expect something so extreme and it was really good. It was really good. And, and you know, and I think that the thing is that I think Emmett decided that he was going to take the blame because he probably didn't know that he was going to get shot mm-hmm. because you're like like as the story is going on you're kind of like well maybe Howard's not that bad you know maybe like maybe he's just lonely maybe whatever well and then you kind of discover the Britney thing and you're like okay well <laughs> you know maybe he's you know um uh but I can't decide if Emmett knew he would probably be killed or not. Like I, I, I don't either. It's it's interesting to think about the fact that he could have thought like Michelle, we could both die. I'll take the the blame. Or if he thought that Howard would just take whatever, take the story of like I wanted Michelle to respect me the way she respects you. You know, like take yeah. it. And it's hard to tell. It's hard to say. It's yeah. I mean, I, I think that. I think in Howard's mind, he was almost viewing him as, like, a competition, even though it wasn't, like, like, it was, seemed to me like he wanted Michelle Moore as, like, a daughter type instead of, like, a romantic partner or whatever, mm-hmm. or romantic, um, 
but it, it, I mean, just like just John Goodman was so good at just constantly like I don't know how you were watching it, but I was like constantly on edge every time he came on screen. Yes, because I'm like I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know how he's gonna react to this. He could go, and I I got and seen the movie before, but it's still like it's still just as like it's. You know, I mean, it's scary. It's like, he's he's just, he's nuts. And he's so willing to, you know, just shoot someone. And and especially that thing that he said after, this is how it was always supposed to be. It's like, uh, I don't know if he's, like, thinking this is going to be, like, a new Adam and Eve type situation. You know, like, they're going to have to repopulate the planet. But, oh, jeez, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it seemed like the... the as he was, like, getting, he was trying to get closer to Michelle, you know, like, emotionally closer, which is why, you know, he, like, didn't punish her or whatever after she hit him with the barroom knife. I like that. <laughs> um, you know, so his performance was awesome. Yeah, he was incredible. Really, yeah. really, really good. And I like when she... So the scene after Emmett dies, when she's sitting on Emmett's bed looking at his wallet, and he comes up, John Goodman, Howard comes up, totally clean shaven and in like a nice shirt. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was that like, was why did he creepy, shave his like, beard? And then he said, I thought we'd have dessert first, because now we can do whatever we want. So that was super creepy. Like, yeah. Emmett was keeping her safe in more ways than she even realized, Yeah, I think. And... So then he, like, gives her the ice cream, and then he's like, I know that this isn't how you wanted it to be, but, you know, I'll, I'll go make dinner. Things are, you know, things are going to be okay. And then she put, she's putting the suit together super fast, and then he comes in, and she shoves it, and she puts, she shoves it under the mattress, and then she puts the gas mask up in the vent. Oh, my God. Oh, and that top-down <laughs> top camera shot where he's walking in, and he's like, it's time for dinner. And the screw falls out of the vent. Oh my gosh! It's I know. so intense. It's, it's so, so I know. And you're like, don't, no, nope, don't look in there. Just it's yeah, fine. don't look. And at first, I thought everything was gonna be okay because she put it back far enough. But then he saw the corner of the suit under the mattress, yeah. and then it was just like, and then she tips over the acid. Oh uh, my gosh! Well, it's, and luckily there was like. I don't, there was, like, a dent almost, like, in the floor for the acid to, like, pool so it didn't go any further, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, it's, I mean, I just, I can't help, and he says a comment earlier about how, um, he's not that good of a cook and how she'll learn to love cooking. Yeah. So it made me wonder, is that, I just keep, I keep thinking, like, he's, he's viewing her as a child in some capacity, but I think that there is more to it than that. I don't think it's like, I think that at the, like the end result or what he wants is likely like an Adam and Eve type thing. You know, it, like she, he wants to view her as like a housewife. So, uh, I just, I, I, and you're right. Like Emmett kept her, that's a really good observation. Emmett kept her safe in more ways than she's, she's even aware. Um, but also is was he keeping her safe from being like assaulted like sexually assaulted or you know what i mean because i'm i'm just wondering like what kind of guy is this because he kidnaps a girl i mean he kidnaps yeah. 
multiple women. I assume that the end game is what you said, like it would become an assault situation. Because I, I don't think, I mean, I guess if he, I guess there's a far-fetched chance that he just wanted a daughter, but I think if you have that many screws loose and you're kidnapping women and keeping them captive, like, it's not that far-fetched to think of him as wanting them as sexual partners. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you could just kidnap anyone, you right, know? Right, right. Um, so I do think that that was probably going to be the end game, like you said, but I'm glad that nothing like that came up in the movie. But the fact that he, like, shaved and everything yeah. kind of makes it seem like he was, like, gussing himself up in a way that he didn't do when Emmett was alive, and, and Emmett was sort of like this speed bump for him, almost, mm -hmm. and that's probably why he felt so possessive of her, and didn't want her and Emmett touching, you know, and, yeah, it's, it's, do you think he killed Brittany? I, or do you think she killed I herself? Think she, I, I think he probably killed her, yeah. yeah. I, there's, as far as that goes, there's almost no doubt in my mind that he probably killed her. I think if he's going to kill Emmett that easily, if he's so, he's so comfortable taking a human life within, like, in just seconds, split second, that is the sign of someone who is a psychopath. You know, like, someone who does not think that human life is worth it is, is you know, and, and Emmett's a perfectly nice guy. It'd be one thing if maybe he was a horrible, you know, awful person, then sure, um, I can see maybe you getting the justification of like killing someone in your mind, but it seemed like Emmett was just like a chill, nice guy who's just trying to survive, you know, and, and he's just in the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, it, you know, I mean, he kidnapped this girl and, or Brittany, Megan, Brittany. And I, I'm wondering too, because he seems like he created this whole narrative for her that if she was really like actually into Paris and France and all that. She was a Francophile, I guess you'd call her. I, um, I guess I always thought that Megan, his real daughter, was into France. And the story of like, hey, Megan, what do you want to be when you grow up? French was was Megan. Right. But then, like like I said, like there's some traumatic thing happened. Either she moved away with her mom, didn't want anything to do with him, or she died. We don't ever know. Right. And so I feel like Brittany wasn't necessarily a francophile i think she was wearing megan's clothes and now yeah i think michelle so is wearing megan's clothes well that's what i mean i think that he created a whole narrative for britney yes that wasn't necessarily true to what she actually was about oh, you right. know yeah, yeah of course and um and who knows if that was the type of situation too where he was either viewing her as a child or there was you know like sexual assault or abuse or whatever um we just don't know. All we know is that this guy is completely off his rocker, and he has a very, like, he has no regard for human life. And he's so, he's so fucking dangerous. And that's what makes him so scary. And that's what makes this such an interesting film until the alien invasion. Yeah. I love a psychological thriller. Yeah. Like, bring me so, all the psychological thrillers. I love them. Please. But the second, it's like, we've talked about this before, where you said that you hate 
when they insert like a paranormal aspect to a movie that has like no reason to have a paranormal aspect to it mm-hmm. and that's like kind of, I kind of feel like this is what it is well yeah. sci-fi whatever but you get what I mean in the same vein um where if you're not establishing it from the beginning and you're suddenly like oh just kidding it's ghosts the whole time and you're like um what <laughs> what when what, what when was it ghosts you know um it, it's it works so much better as a movie where a woman is kidnapped and this guy's lying to her or whatever or it is really a terrorist attack but the aspect of the alien part is it's like almost nonsensical you know it's pretty stupid i like the movie has <clears throat> all of the imagery in the movie is very tight home life you see the bunker you see the natural world for a little while when she's driving you see human interaction and then all of a sudden at the end of the movie you see alien spacecraft Mm -hmm. alien bodies and this alien gas that's like localized like dispersed localized that is what the woman and presumably the pigs were uh, attacked by and none of that matches the tone of the rest of the movie it's it's it doesn't make any sense it is a different movie. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, is that there's something that they could have done when she's getting gas, like if she's looking at the sky, and then she sees, like, a weird, like, ship go past, and she's like, what is that? Is that, like, a like a mi- like military aircraft, you know? But so then it's, like, at least, like, you're, you're seeing something go past, and so you're like, wait a second, does it look like a plane? Looks like something else, you know? And, but, again, there's nothing, there's nothing to that. It, it's, like, too, to, it's too human of a story to include the alien aspect of it. And you already have a villain. Right. You know, so, and also, like, I know that, I don't think it's always good to just rely on, like, the radio for exposition, for explanation, but it could just easily, at the end, she gets out. The ending's totally the same. She gets in the car and drives away and hears on the radio, like, localized attacks on Houston and Baton Rouge. Everything is under control. You know, so you know that there was a reason. Because Howard doesn't need a reason to go in the bunker. He could just go in the bunker, take her, and lie to her. But there needs to be a reason for Emmett to be in there, and I would never want to cut Emmett out of the movie. Yeah, no, me either. He needs to be there. I agree. So something needs to have driven Emmett there, you know, like... Yeah, big time. And that almost needs to... There almost needs to be some sort of attack or event. I agree, but I thought it should be a human attack. Oh, big time. Yeah. It doesn't... Like, there are no aliens, no. you know? Mm-mm. And um, so that's the issue, because aliens... Like... Either make Howard good... And like you said, keep the aliens or put the aliens in it more or keep the movie the same and just cut the aliens out altogether. Right. Like pick a lane. You know? Well, see, I I would have never I don't think I would want to change anything about Howard. I think he's great as a character because he's very creepy and you're always questioning what is his motive mm-hmm. um so i think he's a very interesting character and i would not want to change him but i absolutely agree the alien part is like if you don't have it in the beginning then what are you doing you know what we're wasting our time with an alien part yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
And then to just because there is a computer animated creature at the movie in the movie to then treat your audience like idiots by calling it 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. When you have I mean in all of the alien stuff is like the last 10 minutes of the yeah. movie. It literally is, is all the 10 minutes. Yeah. Because they're shoehorning this story in, but to presume that your audience is idiotic because you're like we'll call this movie 10 Cloverfield Lane because we can't trust them to go see and enjoy this movie because we can't trust ourselves to make a well-done, complete movie is the ultimate insult. Like, yeah. call it anything. Call it Howard. Call You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and it, so that's just... It's, it's bad. It makes me sad because the scenes in the bunker are so enjoyable. And even the scene when she first leaves the bunker, I love it. Like, yeah. I've talked about yeah. So, all the ten minutes of the movie is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for With sure. With little, like, little issues here and there. Well, but then because I didn't even hate the alien part if they had actually included <laughs> it from the beginning. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that, bo- like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that bothers me is that it's, like, it's not even bad. It's just that it came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's literally. That's the issue. That's yeah. the, well, and also it came out of nowhere, but also... It came from It's a cash space. grab. And yeah. also it's like it's like it's a cash grab, but also it, it's going like, oh hey, so Cloverfield was super successful. Let's just play on that. Oh shit, dude, we forgot the aliens. <laughs> you know, let's just yeah. use the last ten minutes. Like yeah. We'll do it post production. It'll be it'll be real. Yeah, we'll just yeah. add it in post. We'll, we'll add it in post. It post. Uh, it's just it's 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 a very sad fall from grace for a movie that could have held its own and been very self-contained and been just a very good example of like here's a movie here's an original idea that's coming out now and that people who watch it will enjoy it and it can make a lot of money and and then i i feel like they shot themselves in the foot with the yeah. alien thing i really really do i i think that it has infinite potential uh and they ruined it by using the the like the easiest like the path of least resistance almost yeah 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 i think so too i think that there's a certain level of laziness to it and it's it's just like do better (laughs) you know what i mean like do better like that's that's all we're asking and you know that's all we've been asking as we've been doing this this podcast is just do better hollywood like we we we're not asking for a lot. Just be creative. Be clever. Stop remaking shit. Like, don't fucking touch Breakfast at Tiffany's. I'm so paranoid that they're going to remake that and ruin it. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if oh, they did. I mean, if they do, Lily Collins better play Holly Golightly because she's the only one that can, in my opinion. <laughs> only one. Plus, she looks just like Audrey Hepburn, you know what I mean? Well, if it happens, it's your fault now because you've cast it. <laughs> I know. I, I have issues with the... If they do remake Breakfast at Tiffany's, maybe don't make her be married to a pedophile. I don't know. Or, you know, no racist um, depictions Landlords. of a Japanese man. You yeah. Know, let's maybe actually have a Japanese man play the role. Yeah. Or, like, just, like, Asian in general and just not have him be super racist and stereotypical. Just, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's, you know... We don't... We just... We just want nice things, okay? <laughs> We're not asking for much. <laughs> oh, 
anyway, so um, would you recommend this movie? I think I would. I would recommend it. I I think that John Goodman is pretty amazing, and it's creepy enough in the bunker that it's it's not totally it's not totally a wash. But I I would say go in knowing that. I assume you're going to be really annoyed at the ending. Yeah. You yeah. could even just turn it off. <laughs> after, the, yeah. after, after the bunker explodes, stop the movie. It's like in Friends, when Phoebe's mom would always stop Old Yeller before <laughs> before the kid had to kill Old Yeller. She's like, no, it's a happy ending. They're like, yeah. Uh... So just stop the movie as soon as the, as soon as the bunker explodes. Spoiler alert, by yeah. now, if you're listening at this point, I guess it doesn't matter. When the bunker explodes, bunker explodes, bunker explodes. I just have to say that a few more times. <laughs> Stop the movie, and I think you'll probably really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I I have to say just one thing real quick. Um, I had a friend who we would watch, um, or we would talk about an affair to remember, and the end of that movie, they like embrace, and it looks like they're about to kiss, but then they don't kiss. And so she she tell me she'd be like, and I just turn it off before they don't kiss, and then I pretend like they do. <laughs> Yes, that's great. Because like, if you turn it off at a certain point, you're like, I can believe. Yes, they kissed in my mind. They definitely smooched. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. It's a choose your own adventure movie. Exactly. Yes. Would you recommend it? I would. I think I definitely. Yeah. And I actually have. I think it is as far as um, I think it's a great, interesting psychological film. But yes, the whole alien invasion is a little bit disappointing. But I don't think it's a waste of time. I definitely don't. I think that the casting is really well done. I think that the, I mean, for the most part, I would say 90% of the story is awesome. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I would. Yeah, for sure. And, and I liked it. I mean, I liked it. I would watch it again. You know, yeah, I almost bought it. So I would too. I think I, if I, I would, I would definitely watch it again. And I would probably do the affair to remember trick. <laughs> now that I don't have to watch it, for, like, I had to watch it for the podcast. So I had, I was forced to watch the whole course. Yes. Yeah, so but now that I'm just watching it on my leisure time, I am a cruel mistress, <laughs> and I made her watch the entire thing. <laughs> I could just turn it off. And, and just go about my day and be like, wasn't that movie about the bunker so it interesting? Was. It was so interesting. And then you don't have to, you don't have to slap through. And nothing happened in the <laughs> You don't have to slap through the embarrassing shot of, like, the mailbox with the full stupid address on it in the road. Yeah. Just, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. That, yeah, they could, I mean, they could have called it, like, 10 Cornfield Lane. You know, yeah. like. I think anything other than Clover. <laughs> Snoopy Lane is what I'm hoping for. Snoopy Lane. Yeah. Snoopy and Lane. then maybe, like, when she gets out, she sees that the door to the bunker looks like his doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's called Ted Snoopy Lane. There you go. It's like, I'm a really big fan of Peanuts. Because <laughs> isn't his doghouse, like, when you go in, it's palatial? So I think, is it? I, don't know. I think that that would kind of be a more cheeky and fun movie than... Oh, it's aliens. Poor you know, alien. like I would have liked it if she was like. Turns out the guy who captured me was just really into peanuts. <laughs> oh man! And what if you wore like yellow shirts with like black zigzags? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, see, man. we can make a better ending. We would make it amazing. Yeah, I think we could make a pretty great movie. I feel like. <laughs> 
So you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us. At, that's at Watch the Movies. You can follow us on Facebook at Watch the Movies. If you feel so inclined to send us a message, you can email us at watchthesomemovies at gmail.com. And if you like our podcast, leave us five stars on iTunes. And if you want us to review something, leave in the name in the review and we will put it to the top of the list. If not, if you just want to like send us, be like, hey, we really like your stuff, whatever. Um, you can email us, but we can't promise it will go to the top of the list. And you can also find us on our website, which is watchesofmovies.weebly.com. And we are on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And uh, thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yes, Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 And if you are interested in professional wrestling, Mike was on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post show last night after WWE's SmackDown. So listen to that. It was a very fun episode. He did a really good job. They get like live callers. So it's, it's pretty nerve wracking because you never know who's going to call oh, in, yeah, you yeah. know, and you don't know what they're going to talk about, like what little carrot they're going to pull out from that episode. But he always does really well and has good responses and he adds like humor and cleverness and him and the host Wade Keller have a really good rapport. It seems like Wade enjoys having him on because he, he well, yeah, you know, you think he's he keeps him asking him and they, and they have just like a really good back and forth and, and it's really fun to listen to especially if you have an interest in wrestling you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I think that's it. I think we're done right? I think so. We're done. Okay bye-bye. Bye. Bye.